And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. Go ahead and say it, Ed. Go Dragons! When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. You like that? You like that? F it. Jamar's down there somewhere. You're on the same side. Marcus Davenport. No! Splash Brothers. Yup. It's playoff. Get going, Brace. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Welcome to Chasing the Trophy Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Sanders, coming at you for your waiver pod for week eight. A lot of big-time players uh, that I think are going to really do something on this list today. Uh, a lot of people coming off by, uh, not a single team on a by this week. So lots of uh, options to stream from if you need them. Hopefully you pretty much have your lineups figured out by now, unless you've had some kind of major injury, which there's been a fair amount of. Uh, but hopefully some of these waiver wire pickups can help you all out. Uh, first, we're going to go ahead and start off like we always do, with a word of prayer. And uh, – Still praying for a lot of the same things uh, that we've been praying for the last couple of weeks. Uh, first off, for, for us, uh, Nora K. Meredith, she's battling that uh, hepatosplenic T-cell lymphoma and, uh, you know, undergoing treatment currently and seems to be doing pretty well. As long We're hoping for good results from her treatment coming up, but uh, definitely keep Nora K. and her family in your prayers and then uh, Jonesboro, uh, you know, ever since the last episode, another shooting, another death. Um, just keep praying for Jonesboro and Jackson Parish in general, primarily Jonesboro, uh, what they got going and just uh, all the tragedy and the grieving and the anger, you know, uh, because I guarantee, you know, uh, all everything they got going on, just pray for pray for that in general in Jonesboro, and then uh, and then Israel, um, uh, you know, uh, the war going on over there, and you know, hopes and prayers that doesn't lead to a World War Three, and you know, Israel's God's people. I mean, everybody's God's people, but that's where we all originated from. Technically, was in that area, so. Uh, anyway, so Lord, just thank you so much for everything you bless us with and how lucky all of us are. Uh, thank you for just, uh, this wonderful game of football that we get to enjoy and, uh, fellowship in, in your name, Lord. And, uh, please just be with Nora Kay as she's undergoing this treatment and her family and, and continue to give her strength and courage and, and, uh, just kind of a hedge of protection over her. as She's undergoing these treatments and just, uh, put your hand on her. And, and, and if, if it be in your will, complete healing Lord, just, uh, and be with her siblings and then her parents and her family is, is it's, uh, it's just a big strain and a, and a lot to, to do, to deal with, uh, to be away from home and uh undergo those treatments so just be with Nora Kay as she's going through this and lord uh be with Jonesboro as they've had several tragedies in the last month uh lots of people grieving and hurting and uh just be with them as they continue to re- kind of recover and uh make their way uh 
past all these tragedies, Lord, and just uh, help help uh, just help them turn to you, Lord, because you're the ultimate healer. And then uh, also, last but not least, for sure, be, be with the people of Israel as uh, all this really just senseless violence going on over there, Lord, and uh, just put a hedge of protection over Israel, your people, and help the the people that are attacking them understand what they're doing is, is not right, Lord. And if anything, lead them to you. And uh, just uh, please protect us all. Let us all shine a light for you and uh, forgive us where we fail you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. So jumping right on into waiver wires for waiver wire pickups for week eight. Um, also, we need to go over our sponsors. Definitely want to, don't want to forget these guys for supporting us at Dirty Boot Sports. Uh, thank you, Big Reed Barbecue, Automotive Detailing Solutions, this little piggy barbecue food truck, Mimi's Children's Boutique, and Doug DeMona Farm, Doug DeMona Farm and Feed are one of our new sponsors. And uh, our title sponsor for this episode, Doug DeMona Farm and Feed, is family-owned and operated farm supply and nursery. There you can find a wide variety of pet livestock feed and supplements, vet supplies, plants, seeds, and fertilizer. Uh, located on Highway 167, just north of the Hodge Mill. You can be sure you'll be treated like family at Doug DeMona Farm and Feed. From their family to yours, thank you for your business. Uh, we appreciate y'all, Doug DeMona Farm and Feed, for sponsoring uh, Dirty Boot Sports and uh, just uh, giving us support, and we want to support you as well. So y'all go out and uh, get you something from Doug DeMona Farm and Feed. We all know we need corn and brand for the deer this time of the year. So go get it from Doug Demona Farm and Feed. Thank y'all. And then uh, our up-and-coming pods. Sorry, guys. Last week, a lot of family stuff, a lot of stuff going on, plus the Saints playing on the Jaguars on Thursday night. Did not end the way we wanted. But uh, also on top of that, we weren't able to get a pod, a start-sit sleeper pod, so we got a graphic out for y'all. But we weren't able to get the pod done. I apologize for that. Uh, we're getting back on track this week, though, guys. I got the waiver pod this today, and then Thursday we're going to have that start, sit, sleeper pod, and the graphic come out. Uh, but jumping right on into our waiver wire uh, uh, segment of this pod, and that's going to we're going to start with quarterbacks. Uh, you know, it was the uh, Jared Goff segment or part of the waiver wire pod, and I said until he goes over sixty percent. Well, you know what? He's over sixty percent, and for good reason. Uh, but now uh, somebody's coming off by that this is going to be the C.J. Stroud part of this pod. And number one on the quarterback pickup for me, C.J. Stroud, owned and owned by only 55% of people, which is crazy because he's a 10th-ranked quarterback in fantasy football so far, and that is with his bye week. So a, a lot of the other team – a lot of the other quarterbacks have – seven total weeks of stats and Stroud only has six and he's still the 10th ranked fantasy quarterback in fantasy that that's impressive as a rookie, especially in Houston. But anyway, 10th ranked fantasy quarterback so far, he's had 10 touchdowns, one interception on the season. And that's with his bye week thrown in there, 10 touchdowns and only one interception. He's going up against the 18th-ranked defense and quarterback uh, against quarterbacks in Carolina Panthers, who have given up at least 30 points to quarterbacks the last two weeks. Uh, I like Stroud a lot coming off a bye. 
Tate Dale's coming back. They're, they should be plenty healthy. He's starting to get in a rhythm with Dalton Schultz. I mean, honestly, he's just spreading the ball around everywhere. C.J. Stroud, honestly, is somebody you could pick up and start the rest of the way. Um, I, I mean, obviously, if you have, you know, one of the other stud quarterbacks, I wouldn't do that. But he he is somebody that could definitely – uh, be picked up and started over several different other options uh, throughout the rest of the year. Uh, number two for me is going to be Jer- Jordan Love. Recommended him last week. I honestly watched from beginning the first half of that game, and I was like, boy, did I make a big mistake recommending him. He ended up coming back and putting up about 19 points uh, for the total for the game, so it wasn't terrible. But he's only owned at 56.3% of leagues, and um, – I'll be the first to admit I'm not a fan of Jordan Love as a real-life quarterback, but as a fantasy quarterback, he has definitely been serviceable at worst So in fantasy. So he, it just seems like every week he's uh, finding a way to put up points. So this week he gets 23rd-ranked defense against uh, quarterbacks in Minnesota who who are giving up an average of 21.1 points against quarterbacks. That's running right in line with him. Uh, putting up around 20 to 21 points a week. Uh, and Minnesota's defense is not a, you know, not anything to shake a stick at. So uh, I, I like Jordan Love against Minnesota this week. And then last but not least, I got to throw in a homer pick a little bit. But honestly, he's kind of earned it over the last couple of weeks. That's Derek Carr for the Saints. Uh, he's only owned in 18.5% of leagues this week. He's going up against Indianapolis Colts. Um, and like we always say, volume is king. Well, you know what? The last two weeks, Derek Carr has thrown at least 50 pass attempts the last two games. Uh, and he's had at least 19 points in the last three games. So, I mean, I don't know. His shoulder, obviously, he's doing a lot better if he's throwing that much. But they're going up against the Colts, who's the 16th-ranked defense against quarterbacks. Uh, but And they're giving up around 18.8 points a game. But – some of those, like three of their seven games were against offenses that have struggled all year with backup and third-string quarterbacks. So they haven't really faced, uh, you know, a consistent starter uh, on a weekly basis this season uh, as the Colts, and they're only ranked 16th against quarterbacks. So I like Derek Carr's chances, especially the way he's getting comfortable in the offense. Um Obviously has not has not reflected in the win column for us, uh, but he is starting to uh, kind of command that offense a little more. Had a lot of fire from him during the game this past week with his wide receivers. Uh, you know, some of them not running the right routes. I'm hoping that's you know the good kind of fire and passion that you see, and not the kind that pushes these guys to not want to play for him. Uh, but uh, I like I like the passion and the intensity that he's got and, you know, shows that he really cares and wants to win. And uh, that's all you can ask for, Saints fans, at least right now, as he's still getting adjusted to the offense. And, uh, you know, we could always use a, a better offensive coordinator, but we're going to save that for another pod. Uh, but, yeah, so Derek Carr is my last one at quarterback, and then that's going to round out quarterbacks. We're going to jump right on into running backs because we got several to talk about. But number one at running backs got to be Daryl Henderson, Jr. for the Rams. Uh, Kyron Williams went down with an ankle injury, got put on IR. Ronnie Rivers, his backup, went down with a knee injury, got put on IR. Uh, so Darryl, they signed Daryl Henderson also off the street, was eating some cheese puffs on his couch, 
And uh, freaking McVeigh called him up. It's like, hey, you want to run the ball? He said, yeah, click. He's on the way. So that that translated, has been on the team less than a week. And he's taken the reins, and he played 57% of the snaps. And that accumulated 18 carries for 61 yards and a touchdown last week. And uh, in in kind of a tough matchup, honestly. But this week he's got an even tougher matchup against Dow- at Dallas. Um, honestly, it's a volume thing. Like, I think he's going to get more because his backup kind of was Royce Freeman who came in but really didn't get near the touches that Daryl Henderson did. And honestly, looked like it might have been just to give Daryl Henderson a breather and block. So Daryl Henderson should be the guy until Kyron Williams comes back or Ronnie Rivers, but both of them are out for at least the next three weeks. So uh, fire me up some Daryl Henderson, and he's only owning twelve percent of leagues. Tough matchup, but he's got two more matchups after that. I still uh, I still like him. He's getting passing down work too. He had two catches or two targets with a catch, or maybe two targets, two catches. Uh, either way, he's involved in that, and that was and back when he was with them before, that was his pro was he was a good pass catcher. So I expect him to get more involved in that also. Uh, number two for me, he's got to be Kareem Hunt, another beneficiary of an injury. Uh, he's owned in about forty six point three percent of leagues. He's going up against Seattle this week. Uh, Jerome Ford has a mild quote unquote mild high ankle sprain um, that's estimated to keep him out one to two weeks. Man, I don't know about y'all, but I ain't never heard of any high ankle sprain. I mean, I, I mean, Saquon Barkley had a mild high ankle sprain, and it kept him out like two and a half weeks. Uh, he was practicing on a limited basis, probably shouldn't have been, but he kept him out two weeks anyway. And that was with a long week because one of them was on – when he happened, it was on Thursday night. So I expect this to be at least two weeks out for Jerome Ford. Now, when Hunt went out, his snap count did kind of decline – but when he was in there, he got the ball. Uh, another guy that's there is Pierre Strong, but they signed Kareem Hunt because they didn't want Pierre Strong to be the backup. So I really don't know where they're going with this. Also, there's been rumors that they're looking at doubt, trading for Dalvin Cook from the Jets, or and the Jets are shopping Dalvin Cook around. There's a couple other teams interested. I don't know if they go out and get somebody because Jerome Ford is coming back, and I think, Kareem Hunt can definitely hold the fort down. Uh, but they, there has been rumors that if they do sign somebody, that would not be good for Kareem Hunt's value because this is going to end up being more of a split backfield. But if they don't sign somebody, I think Kareem Hunt comes in and takes over this backfield until Jerome Ford comes back and then we go back to a 50-50 workload. Uh, but right now also, Hunt got the goal line work. He had two touchdowns uh, that were both from inside the 20. And uh, so we'll just have to see. But until then, I like Kareem Hunt a lot. And he's getting a pretty solid matchup against Seattle this week. Um, Number three is going to be Amari DiMercato. Uh, Yeah, no, it's not deja vu. I'm really saying Amari DiMercato again after a week before last I said it. And then he goes out there and does nothing. Um, And then this week he did exactly what we thought he was going to do last week. So he's back on the list. Amari DiMercato. He's only owned in 15.7% of leagues. This week he's getting a tough matchup against Baltimore. But you know what? He played 80% of the snaps. Uh, Translated that into 13 carries for 58 yards, but then four catches for 17 yards on five targets. Uh, you got to love the five targets and the four catches, even though it was only 17 yards. Honestly, that's a pretty serviceable week for any uh, running back, you know, right there. Getting uh, ending up with like 11.5 points. 
I'll take that out of my flex. Um, some weeks, even my RB2. Uh, and that was, you know, not the best matchup for them. But now they got another tough matchup in Baltimore. But honestly, James Conner still got a couple more weeks, and I think they're going to give DeMarcado a, a chance to see what he can do. Uh, Baltimore gives up an average of 20.8 points a game to running backs, so, and they've given up at least 26 points to running backs over the last two games each. So give DeMarcado a shot again. I, I think there's a chance he could do something with it. Uh, number four for me is going to be Dante Foreman for Chicago. Uh, honestly, thought it was going to be Roshan Johnson. He got ruled out. And by default, Dante Foreman was the man. He's only owned in 48.7% of leagues. Uh, going up against the Chargers this week, so it's a good mashup. If Roshan Johnson uh, wasn't out, we might be talking about Roshan Johnson in this spot. But he was out. And Dante Foreman capitalized on his opportunity. Uh, to the tune of 16 carries for 89 yards and two rushing touchdowns and three catches for 31 yards and a passing touchdown or receiving touchdown. So, yeah, translated it into over 100 yards from scrimmage and three touchdowns. Have a week, Dante Foreman. And uh, now he gets 20th-ranked run defense in the Los Angeles Chargers who given up an average of 23.8 points to a game to running backs. So, honestly, even if Roshan Johnson comes back, I think it's Dante Foreman's backfield for right now. Um, so, I, I think if somebody thinks Roshan Foreman's coming back and they're going to drop Foreman or if he's still out there, pick him up, and I think he's at least a flex play this week against, against the Chargers. And that's going to wrap up my running back segment. And let's roll right on into the wide receivers. And number one's got to be Josh Palmer. And, uh, you know, I said he might have a bounce-back game last week to pick him up, and boy, did he have a bounce-back game. It was. So, uh, seven targets, five catches for 133 yards. Led the Chargers in receiving this week. That is correct. And he is on the team with Keenan Allen, and he was active. And he did not do very much. Trust me, I know, because I got him on four teams. So, But Josh Palmer went off. Seven targets, five catches, 133 yards. Um, he's gets now he's going to get the 17th ranked defense against wide receivers, uh, with that are giving up an average of 35.7 points to wide receivers and are giving up at least a touchdown to a wide receiver in six of the last seven games. And he's really looking like the one B to Keenan Allen being the one eight. Um, so I like Josh Palmer a lot. Quentin Johnson is pretty much irrelevant at this point. Uh, hardly ever. I think he's getting like two targets and one catch a game. So Josh Palmer's the guy in a pretty pass happy offense right now, uh, in a team that's trying to find as many wins as they can. And they're getting the lowly Chicago bears who they should really stop all over. So give me some Josh Palmer. Um, and he won't be on this list next week because he will be over 60% owned after this past week. Uh, number two for me is going to be Josh Downs. Told you to pick him up. I, I think I've been telling you to pick him up for like three weeks now. He's up to 34.6% of uh, leagues. He's got Gardner Minshew as his quarterback for the rest of the year because Anthony Richardson is out. Uh, they're going up against New Orleans this week, and he had the breakout we've been kind of talking about, saying was coming. Only six targets, but five catches, 125 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he just has that big – big play potential like like Tankdale does and some of these other young wide receivers that can just blow up in one game. They don't need a ton of volume, but he's getting volume. Uh, 
but they don't need a ton of volume to do it. But he is getting getting chances and opportunity. He has a 20% target share for the team, which is great. Michael Pittman's the only other one on that team. He's got like 28 or 30% target share. So between Michael Pittman and Josh Downs, they're just running the pass, the the receiving uh, game for the Colts. But also, uh, Josh Downs has got a touchdown in the last two games. And New Orleans is 14th ranked defense against wide receivers. And Lattimore is going to be on Pittman. So that's going to force more looks towards Downs. Uh, and he already seems like a favorite target of Gardner Minshew. So give me some Josh Downs. I've got him on almost every team I can pick him up, and uh, I might be starting with the flex this week. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, number three for me is going to be Tank Dell coming off his bye week after he sat out the week before with a concussion. Should be completely back practicing full. Uh, he's only owned in 48.3% of leagues. He's playing at Carolina this week. Another player that is literally lightning in a bottle. Big play waiting to happen. Uh, honestly, does not need a lot of opportunity to put up a lot of points for you. Uh, but what a game to come back to after his bye going at Carolina, um, who has not been that great against the pass this year. Um, and not to mention Tank Dale's got probably one of the best – he is the best rookie quarterback in the league, but honestly one of the best passing quarterbacks so far uh, really just lighting it up in the passing categories at quarterback this year. And uh, Carolina has given up at least six touchdowns. I'm, I'm sorry, given up a total of six touchdowns to wide receivers in the last four games. And they're giving up an average of 33.3 points a game to wide receivers. Uh, I think t- there's a good chance that Tank Dell gets a piece of that action uh, this week coming up. And then last but not least on my wide receiver column, it is Kendrick Bourne. Yes, that is correct. No, that is not a misprint, and no, it's not deja vu from week one. Uh, Kendrick Bourne owned in 24% of leagues uh, for New England going up against Miami this week. And uh, he hadn't been on the pod since week two waivers after he blew up in week one. And apparently after that, New England completely forgot that he was even on the team because it seemed like that anyway as far as fantasy goes until the last two weeks. But the last two weeks, he's played at least 93% of the snaps and has 18 targets over the last two weeks for 16 catches, 152 yards, and a touchdown over the last two weeks. That's big. And this week, he gets Miami's defense that's 24th against wide receivers, and they're giving up an average of 39.8 points. And Lord knows New England can't really do anything positive hardly at all uh, on defense or offense, except for, you know, win this past week uh, in a game they were really supposed to lose. So uh, I really think this is going to be a big game where Miami's going to come out pounding New England. I think New England's going to have to throw the ball a lot to try to keep up. Um, so give me some Kendrick Bourne. I think there's a good chance that he's starting to become the number one uh, wide receiver for this uh, New England Patriots team and offense for the rest of the year. So that's going to wrap up our wide receiver section, and we're going to roll right into our tight end section, a.k.a. the craps of fantasy football. And no, I don't mean the craps as in, well, the craps, but I mean the roll the dice and cross your fingers and hope you land on something lucky, uh, which that is all it is. But I think there's more to this first one than that, and that's Dalton Kincaid for Buffalo, the highly touted rookie tight end. Uh, coming into Buffalo, he's only owning 31.4% of leagues. Gets a tough matchup against Tampa Bay this week. But because of injury to 
Dawson Knox having surgery on his wrist without a timetable to return. Dalton Kincaid is going to get all the tight end snaps and shares uh, for for the foreseeable future currently. And uh, honestly, in Buffalo, that's a lot of red zone looks because we all know Dawson Knox has been serviceable in the red zone. Well, Dalton Kincaid comes in and takes half of that. Well, now he gets the whole pie. And uh, it's a tough matchup this week against Tampa Bay, but it's uh, on Thursday night football. And I think you could really do worse than Dalton Kincaid at tight end. Uh, so I like him a lot. He's coming off a career high in targets uh, with eight targets and catches with eight catches for 75 yards. So I think there's going to be more of that to go around when he comes back. So I like Dalton Kincaid a lot for the rest of the year. Also, number two for me is going to be the Swiss Army man himself, the jack of all trades, Taysom Hill. Only owned at 5.6% of fantasy leagues, um, and he's going up against the Indianapolis Colts this week. Honestly, I mean, the Saints defense has been very mediocre at best this year, and whenever they get really stagnant, they throw Taysom Hill out there on the field, and they give him a couple plays, and then they come back to life. And uh, honestly – He's really setting in to a, a, a pass-catching role a lot more and had a lot of really nice catches this past week from Derek Carr. Um, and he's had 13 targets over the last two weeks with 11 catches for 99 yards and six carries for 20 yards and a touchdown. That's over the last two weeks. I mean, he's just doing a little bit of everything. And this week, he's coming up against the Indianapolis Colts who against tight ends uh, are the 19th-ranked defense in the league. And honestly, I don't think there's any other way that they're, you know, that they're going to go without Taysom Hill. I, I mean, they'll probably get some runs. Uh, if they're giving up, if Indianapolis Colts are 19th against a tight end, Taysom Hill's one of the most athletic tight ends there is in the league. You know, he's not a traditional tight end. But and there was one point where Taysom Hill was our fastest player on the New Orleans Saints a couple of years ago. Like, bar none, the fastest player. Now, he's probably not that anymore, but he's probably not but like fourth or fifth on the team. And uh, so give me some Taysom Hill against the Colts this week. And Derek Carr seemed to like throwing it to him. Uh, number three for me is going to be David Njoku. Uh, he's alive. I mean, because he definitely was almost – completely irrelevant until this past week where Deshaun Watson goes down again. They thought he had a concussion. He really didn't look healthy throwing the ball. He's coming off that shoulder injury or, or a rotator cuff bruise or whatever they called it. Uh, and then PJ Walker comes in and then really just keys in on David and Joku. He gets a season high in targets and yards, had nine targets, five catches for 54 yards. And a bulk of that, I'd probably say like 80 to 90% of that was from PJ Walker. If, De if Deshaun Watson ends up sitting out this week at Seattle and P.J. Walker ends up starting, give me some David Njoku uh, 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 for P.J. Walker to, fi to fire the ball at. So uh, I like I like David Njoku a lot if Watson's out uh, against Seattle. And then last but certainly not least, Trey McBride for Arizona. Only owned in 1.2% of leagues. Definitely a deep, deep league ad or sleeper league. Uh, somebody that seems like he's kind of re ready to come out. Uh, got a tough matchup this week against Baltimore. But this also has a lot more to do with injury than people realize that uh, 
So McBride was already slowly starting to take over the Arizona tight end position from uh, from Zach Ertz. Well, this past weekend, Zach Ertz goes down with a quad injury, and it was put on IR without a timetable to return. They said their plan is that he they expect him to return sometime this season, but they don't know when. So that just completely opens up the door for Trey McBride to get all the tight end snaps. And last week he had six targets, three catches for 29 yards. Not a great stat line, but the six targets were nice. Uh, He is an athletic tight end that was highly touted coming out of college. Arizona spent a high draft pick on him, and he just hasn't panned out. This is his opportunity. I'm just trying to get ahead of it with his opportunity. If he turns it into something with his pedigree, uh, I like Trey McBride. Pick him up, stash him on your bench if, you know, you're picking up somebody else to stream. Or say you've got a really good tight end that's got a buy coming up. And a lot of these other guys, you know, they're not available or you get beat to them. Uh, pick up Trey McBride, throw him on your bench, and hang on to him. If he starts to break out, he might be a great buy in a bye week fill-in for you uh, with this Ertz injury. So, I uh, like him a lot. And that's going to wrap up our tight end segment. And then I'm going to give you some streaming defenses. There's several that I like this week after last week, not really that I did like. Uh, but number one's got to be the New York Jets defense going against the New York Giants at the New York Giants. The Jets defense is good, guys. I mean, it is. Their second, you know, their secondary is good. Their defensive line's good. Their linebackers are good. I mean, their whole defense is good. They got a defensive head coach. Uh, they got a pretty solid running game. And, you know, Zach Wilson's kind of starting to get comfortable. Uh, there's rumors about Rodgers coming back before the end of the year, which would be nuts, uh, especially at his age from an Achilles injury. But either way, Jets defense, pick them up, start them against the Giants. Uh, number two for me has got to be Jacksonville, who's a top 10 ranked defense in fantasy so far this year. Uh, as we've seen on display against our New Orleans Saints on Thursday night, they scored a touchdown. Uh, and honestly, I think they got a good chance to do that again this week against Pittsburgh. Uh, they're playing at Pittsburgh, who's pretty much just been a struggling offense all year. Uh, so I like Jacksonville's defense a lot. And then last but certainly not least, Seattle's defense uh, against Cleveland because I don't think Deshaun Watson's going to play. And give me a defense against P.J. Walker in a already struggling Cleveland offense pretty much. They, they did okay last week against the Colts, but – well, let's be honest, Seattle uh, against a P.J. Walker from the start, uh, I like the chances of them getting to the quarterback and causing some chaos and havoc. So uh, that's some streaming defenses for you. And uh, that's going to wind it out for my waiver wad, uh, pod. Waiver, waiver wad, sorry, guys. Waiver wire pod for week eight. Uh, we, I appreciate everybody listening. Thank you. Uh, please like, subscribe, download. Uh, give us some feedback and comments on it uh, from whatever application that you have of choice. Uh, we, we appreciate everything, guys. Please keep our uh, prayer requests in your uh, thoughts and prayers. We appreciate that. And uh, y'all have a good one, and we'll catch y'all later with our Start, Sit, Sleeper Pod at the end of the week. Keep chasing that trophy, guys. This ain't how it's supposed to be. It should be just you and me.